0: Hello and welcome to Accents on Purpose. I'm Danny. I'm I'm Joseph. Are that you was, sure? Yeah, that was just the, that was one of the quicker inter like name introductions. We've you ever know,
1: done. I did a focus group
0: and they said they were wasting too much time at the beginning. Oh,
1: okay. So let's uh, get to it then. Let's get let's get hop to it. Uh, this is Accents on Purpose, a weekly radio show that covers all of the music in Seattle, the Pacific Northwest, and beyond, all in one hour. Right? Well, yeah. Every every. So uh, so. You know, tune, you know, you're tuned in on AM 1045. Uh, hopefully you're not driving, because the traffic out there is horrible. Yeah. Uh, I almost got hit by several cars on the way to the studio
0: today. Yeah, you're a little out of breath. Were you running to the studio?
1: <sighs> I was running to the studio,
0: yeah. I was. Uh, That's dedication. Uh, it's tardiness, is what it is.
1: Uh, Joseph, uh, did you enjoy that last song I played, The Buckle Teal Fairies?
0: Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed that. Uh, I no, thought we no. should
1: play that in honor of uh, the historic Supreme Court decision that went down. Yeah, what a yeah. day.
0: This day is going to be on history tests. In this the day,
1: um, well, I don't know. I bet it will be. Have you ever asked what day did a Supreme Court
0: uh, decision come down? Yeah, don't... sure. Well, okay,
1: we'll let the history books decide that. Yeah, we will. We'll let the history tests decide
0: that. Yeah, and the teachers.
1: Uh, yes, it's also it's Pride Weekend here in Seattle, uh, and uh, yeah, we're uh, very excited.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a great weekend.
1: Joseph, how's your week been?
0: It's been good. Um, the other day I was walking past Cal Anderson and there was a guy in the street with a sign that said shitty caricatures, $1. And they had, he had some... <laughs> Some shitty characters, like as examples, and they're really funny. and I was really upset that I didn't have a dollar to get one of You seriously done. didn't have a dollar? I, I didn't. I really didn't have a I didn't have any cash whatsoever, but I really wanted a shitty character of me done.
1: Uh, if you were that artist, please email accents on purpose podcast <laughs> at gmail.com, and uh, I think we got a dollar in it for you.
0: <laughs> if I have cash on me.
1: Uh, so this week we have a very special guest in the studio. Uh, Sarah Moody is the head honcho of Seattle's hottest record label, yeah. End of Time Records. Hello, Sarah. Hi. Hi, Sarah. Hi. How are Hi. you doing tonight?
2: I'm doing all right, thanks.
1: Uh, now, one question I want to ask right off the bat. What is it? I usually don't care about names, but uh, End of Time instead uh-huh. of End of Times, because I actually kept making the mistake thinking it was End of Times.
2: You're not record. alone.
1: Okay. <laughs> I'm usually if there's a stupid thing you could do, uh, I do it. So, <laughs> uh, is there a particular reason that you chose End of Time?
2: There, there are a few, um, but I also I think it's funny that people say End of Times because isn't there only one?
0: Ooh! Whoa! <laughs> You just blew both of our minds. I think we should call it. We're done. I think the show's over. I think we just changed to a philosophy podcast. If I
2: was holding that mic, I would drop it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> please, please, ceremony, please don't drop our mic. <laughs> yeah, <it's, laughs> we only have one in this whole studio.
1: We spent all of our money on the transmitter. That, that sends out over 99 watts of power.
0: Yep. We're trying to get to that 100, though. So we That's need, Gary's We job need job, those right? donations. It is Gary's job. <laughs> he's,
1: he's, he's been... Uh, been cutting and, and patching our neighbor's electricity, so <laughs> trying to crank that up. But uh, so yes, I guess end of times. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, these times. I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, is there a particular reason you chose end of time?
2: Well, I had been debating on record label names for a long time, and I don't know if you've ever had to name a record label or just anything, but it's it's quite a, a radio process. Show. A radio show, yeah. Yes. yeah. Hey, there you go. <laughs> so there was probably some hemming and some hawing over that mm-hmm. and what made sense and what to do about it. And at the end of the day I just kinda of decided, well this is this suits where I'm at, this suits various oh uh it's depressing well no it's end of time
0: <laughs> i mean when when naming bands sometimes i just i'm like i just want something i'm not embarrassed to tell people right like yeah but i think you know and you know no offense to people in bands but i
1: think like naming a label is a little bit more like more of a commitment because labels last inherently longer than band names and you can some yeah i don't I th- know if i agree with that actually. i think that you can all, i mean also people's You I don't know you could change I think you can change a band name and it's not that big of a deal especially if you don't put a record out but once you put out your first record as a label you're really committed to that yeah
0: it's more of a business I guess so what does Sarah have to say let's ask let's go to the source.
2: (laughs) At the same time, though, it's you just kind of have to decide on something. I totally agree with that. And I, I say that it was I was at that point because I had been debating it for years. Literally years. Just what do I do? How do I do it? And finally, it was just like, no, I need to just go with something. I'm, so, I'm out of time.
0: So you had been thinking about starting your own label for some time then before you did?
2: I had been thinking about starting a label since, like, 2004. Oh, wow. <laughs> but then I got a job at a Pre-Obama. label. Pre-Obama. And then the label started a label that I was in charge of. And then that was my focus for a number of years. And so it wasn't it wasn't until it came back around that I finally decided I needed to go for it.
1: Um. Can we hear some of the runner-up names that you almost went with? or oh, those man. Are they still locked up in a notebook somewhere?
2: I haven't thought about them in so long that I don't... Well, actually, no. I can tell you the one that was, I first came up with.
0: Well, end of times? Was that it?
2: That was not it.
0: <laughs> 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 time to end this? I thought I would just have
2: two labels called end of time, and then I would call both of them end of times. Ooh. <laughs> no, but I... Originally, my idea was to call it Diminishing Returns. <laughs> <Ooh>.
0: just, <laughs> just getting right to the uh-huh. yeah, right which, to the heart of the which
2: also would have been accurate
0: yeah. Ooh.
1: So
2: for a while I had dimret uh, mm-hmm. dot com reserved
1: just in case, mm-hmm. yeah. just in
2: case, and then I switched.
1: Now, Sarah, we uh, we have a bunch of questions we have to ask you, but uh, first and foremost, uh, there's a lot of people out there who want to buy end of time records. It's true and tapes now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is the best way that they can get those? Those those pieces of plastic and vinyl into their grubby little hands.
2: Well, <laughs> well other than <laughs> they're uh, grubby, yeah. dirty,
1: no fingernails. Ew.
2: Other than utilizing the internet and going to endoftimerecords.com dot uh, and other fine local record stores, uh, they will also eventually be able to find them at the fine Sub Pop record store at SeaTac Airport.
0: Whoa! Whoa. Awesome. Yeah. Sounds like a little deals
1: in the work, eh? So when when a a parent realizes they haven't bought their kid anything (laughs) uh, at at all, ever. And on their out-of-town trip, they they can buy a Wimps record and shove it into their bag and it'll break. And then they can give them a big pile of broken junk. Danny had a terrible childhood. (laughs) (laughs) That is a podcast that airs on Tuesday nights at midnight. (laughs) Mm. Uh, so, let's, let's, uh, speaking of the label, uh, let's start with uh, the first release. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a record I really like. Uh, the repeat LP by the band Wimps. Yeah. We oh. had them on uh, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. I was going to
2: say, you're, you're already familiar.
1: Already familiar with them. Um, but what made you decide to have that be your first release?
2: Because wimps are the best. I agree. (laughs) I, it was kind of, they were the perfect example of why I started the label in the first place, because they were a great local band. They clearly had a record that they wanted to put out and they were kind of looking for who to put it out with, but it was before people really knew about them. And it was before they really had a following. And it's like, well, we're both kind of starting from the same place where I'm just trying to start this label. You're just trying to start this band and have something to sell basically and something to put out there. And so, and I already knew Matt and Rachel and Dave, so. Let
1: was, me help you. Yeah, yeah. it was great.
2: I was pleasantly shocked by how straightforward it was.
1: Uh, which is funny because we had another record label on this very radio show called mm-hmm. Help Yourself Records, and they ah. had the exact opposite.
0: Experience. Yeah, they were not very savvy <laughs> businessmen. No offense, uh, man, Sam. Well, I don't know if it's I don't, or I don't know. Well,
2: they settled they, it through a think?
0: basketball game.
1: Oh, right. <laughs> well, but they
0: also they wanted to
1: put out an LP, and Matt said no. Right. Well, he well, said well, no
2: because that. Oh, that's, that's you're true. Yeah, it.
1: he said there's
0: already someone putting it out. So, man, if there's only it would have been a bidding war. They're yeah, great. <laughs> but I don't think Man <laughs> Sam had anything to bid with.
1: Uh, at any point, did you? Because it's an LP. At any point, did you think about just putting out a seven inch? Or like, no, fuck this. It's got to be an LP.
2: It had to be an LP. And yeah. I mean, if they hadn't been willing to put out an LP, I would have gone with a seven inch for sure, just to have something to do with them. Because it just seemed to me like they were going to to do well and continue to be great. Yeah. And so, um, but I think it was also just the fact that we already knew each other, and it was just pretty casual in that sense, where you're not meeting some suit for the first time, like, oh, what do you want from me? It's just like, hey, I love your band. You're interested in this record label. Let's do this. Right, right. So... So
1: now you're originally from uh, Anchorage, Alaska, correct? Correct. Good uh, job with your research. Right. Uh, but then you went to college in Minnesota.
2: Also correct.
1: And so would this explain your label's second release, uh, Web of Sunsets, The Fool's Melodies 7 inch?
2: It would indeed. So what's the
1: story behind that? <laughs>
2: the story behind that is that uh, one of the members of that band, it's a three piece from Minnesota, um, she and I went to school together. She was a couple years younger.
1: Do I give a shout out to the school?
2: carlson college what up <laughs> so we both went to carlson and she was always involved in various projects and uh i had never been able to work with any of them for various reasons either they were already with a label or just didn't make sense with what i wanted to do or what or my vision was. letters, restraining orders. letters <laughs> a couple lawsuits <laughs> I don't really want to talk about that time I hope that's okay no. um, but
1: we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that on our law podcast That comes <laughs> out yeah. Sunday, yeah. Sunday yeah. nights <laughs> uh,
2: So she This gal Sarah Nienaber knew that I was a fan Of more mellow Sad, melodramatic music And she's like hey I finally started a band That specializes in this And I said great <laughs> And so she sent over the tracks And they were so great that I just immediately said Yes I want to do this, how can I
1: Should we
0: listen to one? I would love to.
2: Yeah? Gary? Did it?
1: okay, what I found very interesting about your first two releases is that, you know, the first one was an LP by a local band, but then the second one is a 7-inch by a band living in another city. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like for your second release, you picked, like, the two Harder Avenues... To prom- to sell or promote. Am I wrong or no?
2: You are absolutely right. Okay, <laughs> uh,
0: because That's why it was almost called diminishing returns.
1: <laughs> yeah,
3: exactly. Yeah,
2: yeah. It but, still is in the back of my mind. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: so,
1: was there any like uh, because obviously just from kind of like developing like a, like an idea or like an ideology behind a label. A lot of times, people like do tons of local releases.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, what were some of the difficulties in trying to promote a record by a band that is you know, halfway across the country?
2: Well, I think I didn't totally appreciate at the time how difficult it was going to be to give them a presence locally. I thought there would still be some interest just base, based on wimps, based on the fact that it was a new label, etc. But that combined with the fact that it's a 7-inch, and 7-inches are inherently money losers. Mm. <laughs> uh, unless you... Yeah, there are some exceptions to that rule, but typically it's true. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so... I guess I felt more comfortable with it, partially because I knew how strong the song was, and partially because I was familiar, at least, with the Minneapolis scene. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I felt comfortable knowing that they would be supportive. Because the other thing about Web of Sunsets is that it's three members that all come from different bands and backgrounds within that scene. And so even if the Seattle scene wasn't going to get behind it, I knew that Minneapolis would. So it was kind of a a little bit of a trade-off, but I felt like it was kind of cool to just not at all immediately be Seattle. So...
0: And has the Minneapolis scene got behind it? Like, does it s- sell better there than it did here? Yes. yes sure.
2: <laughs> and, I mean, it's it's also Minneapolis has, kind of similar to Seattle, they have such a supportive radio community, and so they really got behind it, which was great, and I think that made a big difference.
1: KMXP or something? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because the K-C-M-P. E in KEXP yeah. stands for the
0: evergreen state. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Uh, so now you say that seven inches are inherently money losers, but then uh-huh. your third release, which I find <laughs> to be possibly the most interesting release on your label,
2: interesting. Okay. Uh,
1: well, it, I mean, it's it's unlike the rest. Uh, is Silly Goose mm-hmm. the Silly Goose seven inch, mm-hmm. which, if I'm correct, is a Gen Ghetto fronting uh, Grand Archives doing all Blink One Eighty Two covers. Indeed, <laughs> yeah.
2: that is what it is. <laughs>
1: Okay, how did this come about because this is there's a, there's a lot of stuff going on here.
2: <laughs> so here's the thing uh, I love Gen Ghetto. I also love blink 182 not so much currently but in my in my formative years for sure. And the fact that Gen Ghetto and the fellows from Grand Archives got together and just decided of their own volition to start a blink 180 <laughs> cover band not only, To have it be a Blink-182 cover band, but also to call it Silly Goose and not really give a shit was perfect to me. And I just love them. And this was before... So Jen has another band called S, and S is now signed to Hardly Art. But this all happened before that had happened. And so I just wanted to work with Jen. And I was just like, if this is what it takes, if this is what I need to do, fine. Like I think that if I love this this much, (laughs) there has to be other people out there that... Also love it that much, which is true. I feel like Silly Goose is the is the uh, unsung cult classic of End of Time Records.
1: <laughs> so now, did they approach you, or did you hear that they were doing this, and you were like, "Fuck it, I, I'll put out a record."
2: I knew of the project, and I didn't really believe it until I saw it because it it, it started as a secret. Like they didn't they didn't want to advertise shows. Can I
1: say, understandably? <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> But yeah, they just—they didn't advertise. It was supposed to be this hush-hush thing that only happened once a year. But then uh, they started actually playing shows and actually playing shows under a name. And I was just like, "Well, someone has to document this. It can't just go away." That's a
0: good point. That's a great point. I also feel like this town loves Gin Ghetto, myself included. So mm-hmm. if anyone was gonna get away with doing something like this, it would be her and that group of people. Exactly.
1: Okay, so now this actually leads me to a question that I've. Tried to find the answer to about a lot of different. Parts.
0: It's it's not so that funny. Questions. I feel like it's going to be a question about your life that neither of us can help you with. No, that's that's a whole other podcast that airs at midnight on Tuesdays. Uh,
1: but so legally, do you, can you just like do this? Can you just like record these songs that have a copyright by a major label and just release them? If or? you
2: want to do it incorrectly, yes.
1: Okay, so so you didn't contact Blink One Eighty Two at all.
2: No, but I didn't have to. There's, uh, there's a weird legal maze, back-end sort of thing where you pay to have the rights to those songs, okay. and it's something that can't be contested. Well, it, it depends on the situation, but basically you have to pay royalties per product sold. Okay. So I went through that whole process okay. because Wait, did I didn't don't... want to be sued. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Especially since I feel like if a band was going to, it would be, like, I could see Travis Barker not taking too kindly to anything right. at all. Uh, I, I mean, because I, I mean, I just—it's one of those things. Like you know, the Minutemen
1: covered Van Halen. Mm-hmm. Did they do that legally? That's the one question that I cannot find the answer to. I—I I would assume no.
2: The question is, did SST do it?
1: Through? SST, you <laughs> yeah, know what? Didn't talk SST. You know, from working at a record store, the worst fucking label to deal with is fucking SST. Really? I hope you're all listening to.
2: Wait, I want to hear about that.
1: Uh, it's just you—you—you you tr- you try to like make an order. And then you don't hear back from them from a ridiculous amount of time to almost the point that you forgot that you made the order, and then they contact you and like are like, "Oh, can we have your credit card information?" Which we already have given them, and then it takes for it's just it's a series of forgetting that you actually did this stuff, and then all of a sudden some records show up, Uh, and they're they're half the records that you ordered, and you don't know where the rest are. But if you actually if you want to hear a funny story about SSD, a long time ago. Uh, back in the 20th century, mm-hmm. which uh, I'm is not
0: familiar with, that. still my
1: favorite century. <laughs> uh, a friend of mine had started uh, a record distro, and he used to bring uh, records to shows and sell them, uh, and just like sell them out of his house and stuff. And he wanted to carry Husker Du and Minutemen records, so he called the 1 800 number to the SST store and was asking about, like, trying to order this stuff and trying to explain, though, I'm not a store, I'm not, like, an actual business, but I want to get them at a wholesale rate. I'll buy, like, a lot and all this stuff. And he said the guy who answered the phone was just, 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 like, a stoned-out, like, idiot. Yeah. And he was getting really frustrated. And he, he just said, who am I talking to? And he's like, uh, this is Greg. And he realized it was Greg Ginn. Yeah. And wait, oh, no. wait, 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 wait. Um, and so... So he it was like, I can't believe Greg's the one that answers the phone, and so we just started pranking him nonstop. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing was, was that this was in like the era of you know all like no cell phones, all landlines.
3: Free
1: caller ID. Well, no, he no, he it was caller ID. He did oh, have okay. caller ID. It, it was it was like it was, this was probably like ninety nine. Okay. So he did have caller ID, and that was the thing was he stopped answering once we called from the same number, or sometimes he'd answer the phone and just you know say so like a bunch of homophobic stuff and just like start making like trying to make fun of us but it's like really bad at it and so it became a thing where anytime i was at someone's house that i'd never called him from i'd be like oh i can't use your phone it's a 1-800 number and we would just <laughs> prank greg in and just like do it as many times as possible uh and sometimes it'd be just like something like he'd answer the phone and i'd just be like gimme gimme gimme, gimme some more <laughs> Uh, but then sometimes, uh, you know, I'd read excerpts of Get in the Van and, yeah. and, or sometimes I would just be like, so Tom Tricoli's dog, why did you put this record out? How many did you sell? Who bought this stuff? Uh, and he uh, just, you know, he, he really hated us. And then it's something that like we just stopped doing. But then about a year ago, you know, Black Flag was on tour, the Black Flag yeah. that he was in. And his they were playing in Seattle and his roadie was in our record store. Like there's a guy in the record store and he was from out of town and he was just, like stacking up like buying like, tons of records and we were just talking to him, he's like, Oh yeah, I'm on tour. I'm like, Oh what, who you're on tour with? He's like, Oh, black flag. He's like, actually we're just like staying just, like around the corner at the Booker's apartment. And I had this, like, I was like, God, I kind of wish you'd come in the store. And I'm like, I don't know what I want to do more, yelling at him for running a shitty label that I can't get records from, or being like, hey, do you remember, like, 10 years ago? (laughs) Uh, So uh, if you're Greg Ginn and you're listening to this podcast, uh, email uh, us, and uh, we'll talk.
0: Sure. Danny wants to get in touch with you uh, But sorry uh, Sarah uh, Back to the silly goose Danny, um, Sarah, Sarah runs a record label We should talk about that
1: uh, Joseph Can you name any of the releases on, That we haven't talked about yet
0: Yeah The next one is stickers Nope Wow uh,
1: The next one is The Web of Sunsets LP Oh shit It's true So obviously the 7-inch Did well enough That the, the label Was confident enough
2: mm-hmm. To go with the mm-hmm. LP Mm-hmm
1: uh, is there anything that you want to say about the LP, or
2: it's great. <laughs> it was uh, it was interesting though because it was a far different release than the single, and I think that the cool thing about working with Web of Sunsets is that it's you can hear the progression in their sound as these things are being released, and so the seven inch is one thing, and that was literally the first thing that they recorded, and then it moves into this LP phase where it's a lot more mellow, it's um, a lot darker than the seven inch was. And so it just has a totally different feel to it when you listen to it, that the seven inch was more like exuberant and, you know, a little bit melancholy, but more uplifting. Whereas the LP is just like, brings it down a few notches. Hmm. So, so
1: now this is something else that uh, I have a question about. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, obviously your end of time records is, is you, it's just like, you know, it's just you, it's Mm -hmm. obviously a labor of love. So you're not looking at it from, you know, you know, profits, but also you have a you know a, you know a stake in having being good. What's it like the relationship between like you and the band, especially like coming out like a second release? Like, do you are you, are you ever worried that like they're going to give you artwork that you hate, or are you ever worried that there's going to be like a clunker? I mean, I don't want you to, like talk shit on anyone. <laughs> But it's Are more sure no I, I am sure no it's just
0: one of those things i never thought about that what if a band like really wants you to put out a record like their second record and it you think it sucks
1: well and stuff like that's happened like uh they one like in the silkworm documentaries like there's oh, a yeah. really interesting part where they talk about how uh you know matador really oh no sorry not matador, touch t- and, go? and go really love those guys but they're like you know we work with these uh, distributors and you just don't sell enough and like yeah. we're really sorry like and it's just a weird thing we're like you as a person love the band, but what? the books aren't doing it. But, I mean, that's different. I mean, go is huge and, you know, that. that and Whoa, don't downplay her. That's what I'm saying. With, <laughs> but, no, what I'm saying with... Uh, I'm right there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, with your label, I mean, I mean, is there something, like, is there like a concern about that? That you're going to, like, not see eye to eye to something? And are you just always going to, like... Have you, like, had any, like, not arguments, but, like, have you tried to push bands in any direction?
2: I think the the benefit to my setup is that I work so closely with the bands at an early enough stage where I kind of know what I'm getting into. Yeah. Well, it's an early enough stage, but it's also a late enough stage where a lot of times the record's already done by the time I'm talking to them. So I can either preview it or I know kind of the direction that they're headed in. And so it's not, um, it's never been a crazy surprise. I'm always curious to see the artwork that comes in, but (laughs) I feel like I generally have a, a sense for the band's aesthetic. Yeah. Um...
0: Also, I'd imagine that you can handle things diplomatically without being like, "This sucks."
2: Well, <laughs> well that's why I was talking
0: more about like the fear, like yeah. the, like the thing of like an you know, band like me. Do like, you live with the fear? Is what <laughs>
1: Daniel wants to know. I guess I'm afraid of everything, and I lay in that worrying about everything in my life. So I imagine if I was running a label, that I would be. He'd live with the fear. I'd live with the fear.
2: Yeah, I don't have that much fear. I think it's uh, it's a good question though, just because it does come up from time to time. I. Uh, yeah, just I mean, cause
1: yeah, I mean. Obviously, like, bigger labels, it's different. But, yeah, with you, it's like, you know, it's like you're investing, I would, you know, I'd, I'd say, you know, as a label, taking more of a risk. The smaller the label you are, the more of a risk you're taking with putting something out. And so, absolutely. Yeah. I think it's funny. also, uh,
2: if, if that did happen, I think we would figure out a way to make it work. You know, where it I, I wouldn't expect Silly Goose to turn in a metal record. And actually, if they did, I would probably be into it. So, uh, I don't know. It's, but it's it, it, be,
1: it becomes about. Silly Goose, G-U-S-E with an umat. There you go. There you go. <laughs> um, well, that will bring us to one of my favorite records. Okay. Uh, probably the record that you put out that I listen to the most. Mm-hmm. I think um,
0: I know which one it is this time. You want to say what it is? You know what? Should
1: we just play a track from it? Let's
0: just play a track from it. Let's
1: just play. This is uh, Sacagawea. So that was uh, Sacagawea by Seattle's Hottest Fans, Stickers. Uh, They were a guest uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, If you look at our SoundCloud iTunes page, uh, you can't look at our website.
0: Uh, we don't have one. Thank you.
1: That's somehow my problem. No, no, no.
0: No, I meant thank you for saying it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, uh, Danny doesn't like to say things like that.
1: It's, it's, it's my problem. Yeah. Um, but it's under the title, uh, Girl Falls Breaks Crotch. Oh, great episode. Mm-hmm. Great episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, so how did uh, putting out a stickers LP come to be?
2: That Ooh. came about uh, by me super loving stickers. And proposing the idea because okay. I they were another band that I encountered and loved and knew that they had a record in the works and I was like well I'll see if they're maybe into it and to so be the luck they were
0: it seems like you have approached every band mm-hmm. and they're just bands that you like has that been sort of your mission statement to yourself like as in I want to put, I want to put out bands that I like and. I'm yeah, not well, going to put out
2: bands that I don't. Like. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: that's true, but I mean, I, I guess uh, like true for be, now.
2: Yeah, true, true for, for now. now. Yeah. True for now. I
0: mean, but sometimes you may know a band that you're not that into, but you're friends with them. But you may think like, oh, that record would sell. No, I don't know. Nice. I could see that being a being uh-huh. a thing. No, not a thing. <laughs> well, I also don't run a label, so I have no
3: idea what
1: like. Well, but sort of on that, uh, do you get a lot of unsolicited demos, and do you have to have awkward conversations at bars in Seattle from people who really want you to put out their record?
3: <laughs> Your face when you said that.
2: Uh, I would say yes and no. Oh, really? So I get demos here and there, but I've never had to have a face to so face why aren't you responding to my email please put out my record that sort of thing and not,
1: not even like like little like subtle ones like oh yeah you know me me and the you know the crab shacks uh, we just laid down some tracks
2: well this well, is if only
1: we had someone to put her down
2: me and the crab shacks yeah. uh,
1: <laughs> which that's the name of the that's okay. it's called <laughs> me and the crab, crab yeah. shacks <laughs>
2: Uh, I think that's one of the benefits of running a larger, more successful label, in addition to my personal label, is that people tend to focus on that one. Oh, okay. And so Uh, I don't really have... If if anything, I get approached about that, and that's a different thing. Yeah, so
1: so, so for the listeners, uh, you are the... So you started out in publicity at Sub Pop? Correct. And then when they wanted to start their sister label, sub-label, what would it be called? Subsidiary? Subsidiary? You could call it that. Well, isn't there like a technical (laughs) name?
2: No, I think that's about Okay.
1: It. So their there, there, there's second label, uh, you they put a gun to your head, mm-hmm. and they mm-hmm. said, right. uh, we know that you have a cushy job, but we want you to take a risk and possibly uh, run a label that we may or may not be funding.
3: In uh-huh. your <laughs> it's taking you so long
0: to get to what the
1: Well, no, because <laughs> uh, I, I read an interview that you said you were a bit nervous, because you're like, uh, you know, working publicity at Sub Pop is like... It's a job. And this label, like, who knows? Because Sub Pop had done another label mm-hmm. years ago. But they just, like, if a band did good, they were like, okay, you're on Sub Pop now. Are it's you talking so- about Die
0: Young, Stay Pretty? Yeah. Yeah.
1: And so, like, all the good bands that were selling moving units yeah. were sucked up by Sub Pop, leaving only the bands that weren't selling units. Yeah. And so, it's so like, hey. what are they supposed
3: to do? <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: No, that was pretty much the situation. And I knew going into this one that... They were explicitly not going that route for largely that reason. And so it seemed like a more sure bet. But at the time, which is kind of crazy to think about now because it's been so long. But at the time, it was the sort of thing where they didn't have a name. There was no logo. There was no website. There wasn't anything.
0: (laughs) Sounds like this fucking podcast.
2: (laughs) Uh, But I think we
0: got a few more microphones than they had. So how long has, has Hardly Art been around?
2: It started in early two thousand and seven.
0: Oh wow! I had no idea. Mm-hmm. It's only been on my radar for like the past like two hours. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes, two hours, Danny.
3: <laughs> so okay. speaking
0: of the stickers LP,
1: mm-hmm. which is fantastic, thank you. This was, as far as I know, the first time that another label uh, released it in another format because Casino Trash Records did the cassette version. Correct. So this once again was this something. And so not only let me, let me put this like in a bigger question. So traditionally labels and bands have had like interactions where like the label, you know, pays for a lot of stuff and you know, you know, and does a lot of stuff and the band could like you know, ask for things, this or that. But you know, stickers have made a bunch of videos like mm-hmm. and, you know, stickers has done this um, you know, you know, cassette on another label. Mm-hmm. So are these things that like you like talk about or are these things that like, you know, like, like is the stickers that come to you like, oh, hey, we want to make a video or is it just like they all make videos themselves? So it's just like a... Natural thing that they're gonna start like making videos. Like, how, like how, how involved how, are like, you? Like, in how those much decisions? is the communication? Is it like you get an email? It's like, hey, check out this video Troy made.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think it's. I think it's a little bit more thought out than that. Where it'll it'll just be part of the process. Where we'll all recognize the fact that hey, we're putting out a record together. It would be cool if there were a couple of videos and stickers. Being stickers, they're all multi talented. Yes. And so that was kind of. Uh, I don't know. It was a pretty straightforward process where you know they have video makers within the band, and they were willing to, you know, try and make something for the record and to promote it. And so I didn't have much input on what the videos were, but I was really excited that they were doing them because that that isn't always... And actually, Wimps kind of did the same thing, which um, I was pleasantly surprised by. Yeah. The video for
0: Repeat is really cool.
2: Yeah. It's very cool and very... uh, uh, What's the word?
0: Uh, Wimpy? uh, Thematic? (laughs)
2: All of those things. Yeah. Nice. Um, yeah, more frenetic than I was expecting. Just the, the visuals are super intense, and I know they spend a ton of time just getting all those together. Why do you
1: have such low expectations of Whip's videos? <laughs>
2: I don't know. Good he actually already
0: had that question
3: written down.
0: <laughs> that was almost my opening
1: question, made yeah.
3: yeah. sort of a
0: little bit. Why are you looking at my notes? Mm-hmm. I looked at them or I stole them while you went to the bathroom.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so now... What's also interesting is that you did release a cassette, uh, Web of Sunsets.
2: Right. Oh, you so did. So, but you didn't, your didn't first want to cassette. release Sticker's cassette. Well, this is the thing, is that when Sticker's wanted to do it, um, I knew that they already had kind of talked to, to Chris at Casino Trash about putting out this tape release, and I was into it because at the time I didn't want to put out a tape, and I was just like, you know, if you want to do that, then that's great, and, you know, let's make it happen. But... Then, with Web of Sunsets, they had uh, for Gin Tapes, um, which was the sixth release on End of Time, they released it on a tape, which again, I wasn't into, and then I just released it digitally. But that made it a weird split between kind of who did what and who had control over what, and it just kind of made it a little confusing. And so for the following release, uh, which is another EP from Web of Sunsets, they said they wanted to do another EP, I said, well, let's just make it a co-release instead of Uh, You know one person taking one format and one person taking the other and that was the first time I did a tape Mm. And that was when I realized how simple and easy it is to make a tape That's why I feel like that's why it's like so popular again It well it's so it's so cost-effective It's it's probably the cheapest format you can do other than making a ton of CDs and
0: fuck CDs Thank you People also it's I feel like it's more fun to get a tape Um, Mm -hmm. And especially since they often come with digital downloads, but also I don't know a lot. I, at least me, like I bought my stereo at Goodwill. It came with a tape player. I'd love mm-hmm. to put that tape player to use. So, uh, my opinion is just fuck CDs.
1: Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'm glad you brought up digital thing. I'm sorry, I have so many questions. No, it's I'm glad that you brought up. almost uh, like this is an interview of some kind. I, no, right? No, it's instead of just like a drunk man yelling at a bunch of people. Yeah. I also <laughs> like
2: that, I now know that you you equally maybe equally hate both SST and tape or no yes. SST and CDs. So. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um. Ah. Yeah, yeah. He's
0: never ordered an SST CD oh. just for that reason.
1: Not true. Oh, actually, shit. sorry. Um. Because you know I did. Uh. I know. What's funny is that. I still have an envelope from 1995 that an SST, I made an order, I used to mail order all my records and CDs and stuff, and for some reason, an SST envelope, I still have. Like, I keep stuff in it and stuff, but uh, it's pretty durable.
3: (laughs) Okay.
0: (laughs) Edit that out No I'm not <laughs> editing that out I'm keeping that boring story Right in the oh, middle of the podcast.
1: Yeah. So now people Keep asking Bands What they think of Spotify And streaming services mm-hmm. And Tidal uh, Which is the only Streaming service I use uh, <laughs> Is that From, true? from, from No that's, He's never even Logged on to Tidal.net You know what? Yeah. When someone asks me A question I answer that question <laughs> When someone <laughs> answers, asks you A question I answer that question <laughs> What are you Joe Pesci right now? <laughs> You know who has a really good rap song?
0: Joe Pesci. Let's hear it. All right.
3: <laughs> it's a Digi's daddy get It's a Digi's daddy get It's a Digi's daddy get Hey, hey. Paid hey, with a stash. Treat all my
0: bronze like trash. You'll catch a blast if you move. Cash, fighting and stealing, don't kill without feeling.
3: So, I went in casinos before they start dealing. All about respect and intellect. Only mess with the women that pick up the check. Two supermodels, one on each arm. One chick's brunette, the other was blonde. I heard their fathers had stocks and bonds, so I whacked them both and left them floating in a pond. So
1: um So, everyone is always asking, uh, you know, label uh, or so, uh, bands. So, I'm sorry, after hearing that Joe Pesci rap, I'm just my, my mind's discontinuating. <laughs> Um so what is your opinion on like you know things like Spotify
2: just streaming services streaming in general?
1: Streaming services,
2: yeah. Uh it's it's a mixed opinion but generally positive. I'm I think it's a huge step forward compared to where that conversation was back in circa 2005 to 7 or so when it was just a free for all and everyone was downloading everything. I think this is a pretty easy way to give people access to the music that they want, but at the same time it's an authorized way to do it so that the artists are still getting paid. I think there's a ton of conversations about how the artists still don't get paid enough, and that entire conversation about Apple Music and how they weren't originally going to pay you know, for those first three initial months before Taylor Swift spoke out about it. I felt like, weird
0: siding with Taylor Swift. Not that I necessarily have anything against she, her. She's but. such a great businesswoman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that too. Yeah. She's a businesswoman.
1: Yeah. You should she?
2: have her on the podcast.
1: Um, how do you know she hasn't been on? Oh, true. Uh, uh, we rejected her. Ooh. <laughs> And then she wrote a song about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it is
2: kind it is of crazy. It's a B-side
1: <laughs> on the Japanese import. Okay. It's
2: crazy how much that conversation has changed in even the past year, though, because I think before it was all about owning these physical objects and having this entire collection. And now everyone has access to the same music collection, in a sense. And so it's kind of... It's, there's been this interesting shift where people don't want to own anything, and streaming is another step towards that, where you don't have to, and you can just have it wherever you want, on the go, on demand.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, I have a different stance. Uh, people who don't want to own anything, uh, I don't like that. Uh, like When I go into someone's apartment and there's nothing there but a fucking Ikea and a laptop, I'm actually kind of uncomfortable,
2: so, you're uncomfortable right now?
1: Uh, in our studios at AM 1045 <laughs> the corner of 20th and Church. There is deep a Back the heart. To the
0: future poster in this studio. <laughs> so uh, there years.
1: is there is a really funny uh, New Yorker uh, cover from uh, around Christmas time of uh, 2014, which I, I meant to buy it and I didn't and I forgot. And I'm an um, idiot.
0: My sister has a subscription to the New Yorker and she always wants to send them to me. So
1: Well, I'll describe the cover. If she sends it to you, Will you give it to me?
0: Yeah, that's... Why would I bring it up? Because
1: <laughs> the last time we talked about a magazine cover that I wanted, you got it and then you ripped it up in front of me and you burned it. Yeah, that, that, that was is really true. It was a National that. Geographic
0: cover. I know. It was the first National Geographic yeah, cover. Ever. You spent so it much money like, to make me mad. so much money. To make me sad. Guys, please, I need your donations. I'm having a Kickstarter. Oh, but,
1: but the top half
0: was uh, a
1: woman in her apartment and she had like a little tiny tree and like nothing but it was a Christmas tree. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know if the listeners heard me say that. And she just had like a, a, an Apple laptop and she was you know streaming her music and there's nothing in there. And then the other half of the cover was like a dude in this place that's full of bookshelves and records and there's like piles of things all over the place. And uh, a friend of mine said to me, she's like, the top is kind of like me and the bottom is kind of like you. And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, I feel like this is making fun of me. And I'm like, well, why? She's like, I don't know, but I feel like they're judging me.
2: I think they're judging both of you.
1: Um, I don't think I they're think- judging either. I think they're <laughs> just showing that's you know, I think there's a real split. Either – you have a bunch of stuff, or you have nothing. Yeah, There really isn't that. It's either everything you have is digital, or you have a bunch of like dusty, moldy books and a bunch of scratchy records. I did have
0: a bunch of dusty, moldy books and more records before I moved.
1: Oh, jo- Joseph.
0: Yeah. Where'd you move to? to? Now it's time for? Joseph always has to bring up that he lived in New York. I lived in New York. And you know what? <laughs> you, you know live... what? When I moved back, folks, I got rid of everything, which you know is what? actually true. When I lived in Cleveland, no one would have done that.
2: Does Gary have a song that he plays whenever you talk about New York?
0: God, I wish. Yep.
1: (laughs) Uh, So back to Spotify, back to talking about Spotify. Mm -hmm. One thing I found interesting was that there's one of your releases that is not on Spotify. Which one's that? Silly Goose. Yeah. Why did you not put it on Spotify?
2: Because that would involve an entire new round of licenses. (laughs) And I was not prepared to do that because licenses for those songs, uh, cumulatively, are very expensive because Uh. you have to license them per format. So physical is one, digital is another, streaming would be a third. So I hedged my bets and went with the other two. I think streaming is also more nebulous because it's harder to tell what the actual count is whereas with the others you have an exact number yeah.
0: right so. I mean I think you made a great choice I actually had no that idea thanks. yeah I just want to improve of your choices from here on
1: appreciate out
2: appreciate that
0: yeah. appreciate that um I you know I don't want to talk about
1: Spotify for a long time but, but we are I'd rather talk about <laughs> title. uh we do uh have to, we? one thing we have to do is tying up loose ends oh what loose ends do we have to tie up uh, we have to talk about the accents on purpose uh, curse yeah
0: Uh-oh.
1: uh oh so often Oof. on this podcast if we talk about a place so often uh, it shuts down we talk about bands they break up mm. we talked talk about Charlie's all of a sudden it's closing we never oh. talk about Charlie's and you, would hey, never, come on, you would never Danny, you would never go there with me
0: I went there with you twice what are you
1: talking about I asked about? you 422 times oh my god <laughs> But uh, on uh, uh, two uh, episodes, we talked about the Dee Dee's playing at the uh, roller rink. And unfortunately, during their set, someone who was roller skating broke their leg. Oh, yeah. And I feel that uh, we're to blame. Yeah, So are too. If you're that guy's lawyer, um, I guess we'll see you in court because you have every reason <laughs> to sue us. All right, we-
2: does the curse relate back to the name?
1: Um, Well, what's funny When you were talking about uh, Like, how do you name Your record label uh, You know, when Joseph and I Were talking about Doing this radio show Five years ago Five years ago uh, And he's 65 I uh, I think that night I was in a bad mood And we were talking about Like, let's do this And we're like We need a name and you're like, okay, well, let's do a name. And I'm like, All right, ah, what's your favorite band? And you're like, Unwound. And I'm like, start naming Unwound songs. And you start naming Unwound I was like, no, 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 yes, that
0: one, let's do it. That's true. Dumb. We were in my apartment and he was sort of yelling at me. And I was like, I don't know what you want to hear. <laughs> I, just, I was like, dissension. He's like, no, I was like, accidents on purpose. He goes, yep. I was like, yeah, that's pretty good. Let's, yeah, let's just do that. I don't like the acronym.
1: AOP? Yeah. AOP. Why? I I think the only worst acronym would be
0: EOT. You know
1: what I have
3: to say to that?
0: I just got it. Never mind. I have nothing to say to that. (laughs) He's such an asshole. (laughs) Sarah, now let's... God damn it, Danny.
1: Be nice to the
3: guests.
1: (laughs) What? I don't even know what you're talking about. Okay, right. Uh, Sarah, let's say Universal Studios buys the rights to end of time records. Mm -hmm. They're going to make it in a movie. Mm -hmm. Who do you dread that they would cast as you, and who would you love if they cast as you? Now, this has to be now. You can't name a 1920s silent film star.
2: I see, I see. Um...
1: Buster Keaton. So, I mean, if you want an example, I think the worst-case scenario for the Accents on Purpose movie would be uh, Michael Sarah and Topher Grace. See, I, don't think I, I think I'd be played by Paul Dano. No, that's the worst case scenario.
0: Oh, yeah. Do you understand what worse means? What are you talking about? The best case scenario... Someone give me a dictionary. The best case scenario would be uh, Benjamin Cumberbunch. (laughs) That's not his name. What is his name? Benedict Cumberbatch, and you know that that's his name. Remember when we saw Imitation Game together? Yeah, I didn't like that movie. No, me either. Um... And uh, Crispin Glover is me. A <laughs> <The> very thin, <laughs> unbearded man would play you. I shave. <laughs> yeah. Thin this thing. last week has been a shitty week. Fuck you. Yeah. I'm sorry you're stressed, bro. <laughs> you just said bro. I say bro all the time, dude. Hey, Sarah. Day, bro? Uh, so your two movie picks.
2: Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I would not want to be cast as Rosie O'Donnell. <laughs> <laughs> <Please>. <laughs> <laughs> Or sorry. I wouldn't want Rosie O'Donnell cast yeah, as me. I, uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you get what yeah. I'm saying?
0: No, you're gonna get. You're gonna be an executive producer on this. No, thing. no, 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 <laughs> no. Because it's the worst and the best. I know. Okay. You know what? Fuck you. Go. What's What's the next one?
2: <laughs> I don't know.
0: Really? There's yeah. There's no actress that you're like. Oh, that would. Yeah, be... Yeah. What a actress no do you love?
2: I, I don't really okay. give a shit.
0: What if they like gender flipped it and you were Ooh, a dude?
2: Ooh, I still don't. Crispin Glover. <laughs> Christopher Walken. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. You know,
1: he, really, I wish I could do
0: a Christopher Walken so I could He's really, a really bad at remembering here. his lines.
1: Yeah. Um. So. What? Nothing. What's up? Hi. Is there a dead per A dead person. <laughs> Fuck you. Is there a famous person that you're dreading dying? Is there a dead person you're you're dreading getting famous? No. Is, is there a famous person that you're dreading dying because like the outpouring of sympathy will
0: just like drive you crazy?
2: You so someone that I dislike dying? Yeah. It,
3: well
0: almost yeah, someone you dislike or like almost kinda don't care about, but you're gonna be upset when they die because then they're just gonna be everywhere like a martyr. So Joseph, mm. yours is Eddie Vedder. Mine is the queen. You're right the queen of England
2: oh <laughs> <What are they? laughs> uh, that's that's an interesting one I wouldn't have guessed that
1: like like, there's gonna be like you know there's gonna be like YouTube clips posted on Facebook
0: people are gonna be tweeting <laughs> Kenny hates when YouTube clips are posted on Facebook <laughs> well, there are two different websites people get over it uh, <laughs> I hate when websites mix yeah.
1: but people are gonna be tweeting like feeling all the feels and then there's like a picture of Dustin Hoffman yeah because you know, he died <laughs> No one? There's there's no famous person that you like dislike.
2: I think well no there's plenty but I think the the trouble is that typically I just avoid anything having to do with them and I also avoid people that would post about well, them. Well this is the point is
0: that now you can't avoid. Yeah, and you can't avoid
1: it. Oh,
2: oh, oh. Rush yeah. Limbaugh. Ooh, oh. that's a
1: fucking good no, one. No, cuz I would be happy. I want to be happy.
0: Yeah, but the thing is is that there's definitely enough people in America who love no, no, listen, listen, listen. There's enough people in America Danny is currently flipping me off. <laughs> enough people it's in America where like you're gonna see things about him everywhere and it's just gonna be fucking annoying but, I, I'm, I'm on board no, with no, no, your pick. The, let's move on no
1: the reason I disagree is because I like when Rush Limbaugh dies which the sooner the better I will post on Facebook ah I love this these are some of my favorite great Rush quotes fuck him I'm glad he's dead this yeah. is someone like you can't be happy about oh because like okay when the queen dies like I don't know or like with Joseph, when Eddie Vedder dies, my my other one is like Paul McCartney. Like, yeah. it's gonna be mm-hmm. really annoying because people are gonna or be John playing fucking in. yesterday.
2: I see. Okay, and
1: so it's something that you 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 kind of have to just like sit there and deal with it.
2: Mm.
0: The segment's called "Sit There and Deal with It,"
2: <laughs> much like this,
0: much like being interviewed on this podcast. Yeah, okay. <laughs>
2: sit there and deal with it with AOP.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you have a podcast within a podcast right now. <laughs> I sat there, I dealt with it. Listen to this.
2: That's a good question. Fuck. But what is his name?
0: Is he the guy in the
1: imitation game? The
2: guy from Prairie Home Companion. Oh! I think I said that once (laughs) too.
1: You did. No, I I did say that.
2: Garrison Keillor. Yes, Garrison Keillor. Final answer. He had
0: said that in a previous episode. (laughs)
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't care. No, no, you shouldn't care. That's a great answer. (laughs) No, that is a great answer. I say it's a great answer because it's one I also once gave. Yes, that is totally, that is is one of the perfect answers. Because, yeah, you can't be happy about
0: it.
2: Yeah, but you also can't escape it.
0: Right.
1: (sighs) Oh, I'm dead. Oh, people are posting YouTube clips of me playing banjo and talking about poetry. Uh-huh. And this is interesting, coming from someone who spent time in Minnesota.
2: Yeah, no, I was
0: What does banned? Minnesota have to do with a very own companion? Uh-oh. That's where it's... That's where it's Recorded. Well, that's what I was asking. What does it have to do with it? Thank but you for You were, for la- you were yeah. laughing. There's, I don't know what extreme, you're talking about. There's an
2: extreme following of Prairie Home Companion in Minnesota. Well, great. Verified.
0: Yeah. <laughs> there, yeah, there's
1: only... T- I, re- I really like driving and listening to NPR. Recently, I went on a road trip with one of our co-hosts who couldn't be here tonight, Nicole Zeller, and she... It's just like, boring. And she would go, because we were in a van that didn't have a CD player or a tape player. It only had a radio player. A radio player. A radio player. It only had a radio player. Yes, <laughs> But I guess instead of listening to people talk about uh, informative things, she'd rather hear five seconds of a bunch of songs she didn't like over and over and over again. Huh. Um, but no, I love, I love listening to NPR when I'm driving. Only two things will make me turn the dial. Jazz and Garrison Keeler. Danny hates America's original art form.
0: Garrison <laughs> Keeler? Yep.
1: Sarah, now, in all of Seattle, where is, as far as you're concerned, the place that serves the best coffee for the amount of money you pay for it? Oh, Danny, wait,
0: wait, Danny, are you talking dollar for drip right yeah?
1: now? Should we do the jingle? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yes, that's the jingle we do every week
3: (laughs) That was a
1: jingle Okay, so now that we heard the jingle uh, Sarah, where in Seattle do you think That you get the best uh, coffee For the amount of money that you pay? It could be a Shell station in Beacon Hill Uh, It could be Another place
0: (laughs) (laughs) Danny thought that out Well in advance
2: (laughs) answer to that well I know actually I still know the answer I think it's more Coffee where's that it's at? a toss up between more Coffee which is on 2nd Ave and Virginia Oh, it's right underneath the Moor yeah. you can get a really good Americano there it's I've, I've actually perfect. never been there there's that spot and then I also really like Mighty O
0: Mighty O heard... the donut place oh which right right is
1: where, which is, is located in, in
2: Wallingford oh yeah well Tangletown I should say Wait, what? Tangle Town? Tangle Town. What is? Tangletown? You don't know about? I've, I've,
1: I've never taken you there because I'm just going to lose you. Well, you're not. You're going to be look lost. Like you're
3: taking
0: me places like I'm your child. I've I've taken you more places than you even realize. <laughs> oh my god! That's just... Anyway.
2: All right, so Joseph, what's your what's your dollar for drip?
0: I think I have the best dollar for drip in the city. Joseph, that, unfortunately, the uh, next show's
1: coming in. You're right. It's uh, I'm having uh, a pity party and everyone's invited. Uh, mm-hmm. This week's guest is Anthony Scalia. You fucking piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this has been another access on purpose. Sarah Moody, thank you so much for making time. Yeah. <laughs> thanks. Joseph, uh, thanks for coming.
0: To the show that I host yep. with you? Fuck you. Yeah. Thanks for being on time. Yeah, I'm, I've am i been on time for the past, you know, every episode. That's why I'm thanking you. Yeah. Because if you were I would love if my co-host was on time occasionally. You know, things are going to be better. Yeah. Things are going to change. You keep telling it. me that. Things are going to come around. I keep keep telling me that.
1: Uh, so, yes, this has been Accents on Purpose. Uh, if you want to be a guest, uh, email us at podcast at gmail.com. Uh, and uh, yeah, thank you very much. Uh, just remember, keep one finger on the pause button, one foot in the grave, and
0: fuck one, you for two, listening. Three, four.